seen anything like that. I'm a very confident front runner. I've had caddy for 33 years, 145 wins now, and that's the best win I've ever had. I have no idea what you have. I don't know. Um, how are we going to count all the shots? You, I, I can't keep track. Fuck! I don't think he's pleased. Of course you would. That's a, that's a particularly stupid question. It's the Irish Open. Of course you want to play at the weekend. Hello there, Golf Weekly fans. So we're back again, and there is much to discuss. We have Nathan Murphy here in the studio. Hello. How are you? And Fionn Davenport, can you hear us? I can indeed, Wait. lads. We had some technical gremlins, and they're all fixed. That is good news. You really went for it there. We were just chatting off mic, and next thing I know, we're live. Yeah. That could have been a dangerous game, Joe. Well, it's okay. We were saying nothing untoward. Hello, Fionn. How are you? I'm oh, very well, lads. How are you? Yeah, very good. So, um, well, there's a few different bits going on. Uh, Matt Kuchar, obviously, is an issue that we must discuss, unfortunately. Uh, Tiger Woods is playing again very soon. Roy McIlroy is hanging out with Brad Faxon. Uh, Philip Reid is an interesting story we should just uh, mention as well. The Golfing Union of Ireland and the Irish Ladies Golf Union are merging together, and that's due to happen in the next week or so, uh, which is worth mentioning. And, of course, Shane Lowry is doing rather well over in Abu Dhabi. There's a few tweets in. Kyle Maguire, at Golf Weekly OTB. Will we have a pod this week? You will, Kyle. Emmett Keane, then. That's Keane. If ever a nail was hit in the head, it was at Fionn Davenport on the latest at Golf Weekly OTB podcast. It's generally acknowledged by anyone with taste that all musicals <laughs> are shite. However, Russell Crowe's Les Mis is a steaming pile of manure and a monumental achievement in shite. Oh, I would, I would disagree on his uh, just widespread condemnation of musicals. You can, you can have a ter- thoroughly enjoyable evening at a musical. I've gone to many of them over the years. Go on. I, in fact, I've nearly gone to all of them, I won't lie. What's I haven't seen one? Hamilton, though, which I hear is the peak. Right. And impossible to get tickets for. I would like to go and see that. What is your favourite my favourite? Musical? I did enjoy Jersey Boys. Story of Frankie Valli in the Four Seasons. Okay. You're giving me this look of, I can't believe you go to musicals. Like, The Lion King is a entertaining evening out because it's all action, it's all around the entire theatre. I've seen seen The Lion King in Times Square, no less. Uh, What else did I enjoy? Wicked. Have you seen that? Yeah. No. It's a, Wicked is the prequel to The Wizard of Oz. Is that correct, Fionn? Yes, it is. Yes. It's, uh, the only thing with that is because there's no movie of Wicked, I'm sure it's coming. You don't know anything about it, so you don't know the songs. Whereas, say, Jersey Boys, like you're sitting there going, well, I never knew Frankie Valli wrote this. Okay. Yeah, I, I have to say, Nathan, I'm right there with you about Jersey Boys. And I disagree with Emmett and his blanket condemnation of musicals. I think some musicals are shy, but there's lots of good ones. Now, listen, um, as, as somebody who was a, a one-time member of Ballyhonest Musical Society, uh, which may well be the only musicals Emmett has ever seen living in Ballyhonest, mm-hmm. I can understand that maybe his impression of musicals is not what it possibly could be. These are big productions, you know? What what are you you looking for from a musical? And enjoy the evening. Famous friend, Emmett Kane, rather than Keane, as Joe insists on calling him. Um, Well, if he didn't insist on spelling his name as Keane, I wouldn't call him Keane. Come here, Nathan, being the clearly established experts on musical theatre, do you consider musical films? to fall within the genre of acceptable musicals. La La Land, Nathan. What's La La Land? I haven't seen La La Land. Oh. But, but I would say I, I, I watched um, The Greatest Showman oh, yeah. ten times over Christmas, and it just gets better every time. Is that right? It's fabulous musical. Big t- great I, and songs, they are going to make, they are gonna make billions. 
when they put that onto yeah. the stage. Well, I think Hugh Jackman currently is doing a one-man show. He's doing show. a show, yeah, with yeah. songs from that and Les Mis. I and think Mis. Um, I'm a huge fan of Moana. Yeah. Is that a fruit? What is that? No, it's a, it's a ch children's movie. Yeah, but do you know the songs are written by Lin Manuel Miranda, who also wrote all the music to Hamilton. So oh, okay. the songs are amazing. And Coco. Is Coco brilliant. is a great movie. Have you seen Coco? Yeah. No. Oh, it's a fabulous kids I, movie. I would recommend La La Land. Right. Yeah, La La Land is. I think I liked Moulin Rouge back in the day. Ugh. No, I didn't. No. Nicole no, Kidman, no, I can't mean. really warm to no. as a human no. being. Mm. Ewan McGregor. I'm a big a Ewan McGregor fan. Um, I thought the Willy opening Wonka? scene. Ah, but come on. Now you're going into the classics. Then. An old guy like me, it's Oliver Twist. Amazing. Oliver. Is, is the new Mary Poppins any good? I've heard it's average. Yeah, I've heard so as well. The Pirates of Penzance, which I uh, once had a starring <laughs> role in in uh, secondary Honest. school. Well, they say that's what I put Emmett Kane off musicals. <laughs> I starred in uh, The Mikado. I did a Gilbert and Sullivan oh, when wow. I was in school. I was Coco the Executioner. Right. So, um, You're very silent on musicals, Joe. I, they wouldn't As be if my thing. Sort of <coughs> no, they past where no I don't. I don't. They wouldn't be my thing, actually. I'm a fan of realism in my entertainment. No. Enjoyment. Realism. Entertainment. Not really your but, gig. But you thought La La Land was really good. <laughs> As these things go, yeah. But I mean, La La Land, La La Land, what I love about La La Land, it's hard to say that quickly and repeatedly. What I like about La La Land, without giving away the ending necessarily, Nathan, is that there is a good degree of realism and poignancy to La La Land. The, like the uh, ending, the ending of La La Land actually happened. The the ending of La La Land, I, I it, think, so stays with you. That's all I'll say. Joe Nathan, Joe would like to see Schindler's List, the musical. Oh, harsh! <laughs> wow, that's but not what, that's, you could go and watch Jersey Boys. It's it's a real story. This actually yeah, Jersey happened. Jersey Boys is great. Jersey Boys is absolutely brilliant. And you're right, Nathan, because it's the it's all written by Frankie Valli, who is a greatly underestimated talent in music. Okay. Listen, I feel we could we could revisit this. Bring your bring your wife over to London for the weekend and bring her to a show on the Friday night, Joe. As you did in New York. As you did in New York, exactly. We saw a few shows, including The Lion King. Did I like The Lion it? King. Uh, I thought it was good, yeah. That's pretty real. That Mufasa, he's... Yeah. It's won several Tony Awards for its costumes. You can see why. They're fantastically <laughs> clever people working on these things. Once? Yeah. No. I enjoyed that. Yeah. You would. No, it was fine. What's wrong? There's nothing wrong with Once, actually. No, there's nothing great about Once. It's, it's, it's grand. It has a charm, I think. JP's one mm. of our listeners, of, of which I think there was uh, one who tweeted in this week who's like, lads, start talking about the golf. Get into okay. the oh, technical yeah. stuff. Peter Upton then, at Golf Weekly OTB, uh, had a picture of a, I don't know, it's like a raised temporary tee. I haven't seen one of these before. So it was AstroTurf almost. It was like a platform mm. over the tee. I'm all for protecting the course over the winter months, but I came across this temporary tee box at the weekend. This has to be the worst example, uh, judged as an unplayable lie and surely be awarded a free drop from knee height. It's hard if you haven't seen the picture. But I, I was... What's the issue with it? Interesting. He doesn't like it. I don't know why. He didn't explain it. Uh, John Lennon loved Harrington's honesty despite being in the position he's in. And uh, Paul O'Neill says his New Year's resolution was to hook up to At Golf Weekly OTB every week. Um, and he says, as an over 50 regarding Nick Faldo and his legacy, I don't see the Ryder Cup as affecting his legacy, his legendary uh, legacy at all. Hashtag see you next week. And then um, Gonzalo 
Fernandez Castano didn't tweet us as such, but I feel like he should belong in the tweet section. So he said, Gonzalo, a European Tour player, first competitive round of the year on at European Tour with the new rules in effect. Tapping down spike marks felt so weird. It will take some time to get used to it. Unless you are Simon Dyson and you have <laughs> been doing it for years. Ouch. That is cold. Oof, blooded. Wow. I can't believe he tweeted that. Mm. Well, nobody likes Simon Dyson. You can't say that. You don't know that for a fact. Simon Dyson's no, 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 family I mean, will like Simon Dyson. No, no, sorry. I mean, it's that Simon Dyson's reputation has been tarnished for a good number of years. So it's like, it's an easy pick. Mm. You know, it's like, it's not the same as saying, for instance, do you remember the fight that Harrington had with um, Olathabel? Mm -hmm. And that was over tapping down what uh, Harrington insists was a pitch mark, but all he said was a spike mark. Mm -hmm. Like, you would never... You mean nobody would ever say that about Harrington ever? Yeah. No, but it's six years on, and Simon Dyson replied and said somebody brought it to Simon Dyson's attention, okay. and he just said, "Can't be arsed. The incident was six years ago. Some of us have actually moved on, but golf hasn't moved on." Mm. And I do think golf puts such stock in being a game of gentlemen and honesty that the second you're punished for something like this. They're going to go to town on you forever because then oh, we have yeah, our shining sure. example of the nasty side. Look, look what we do. We ostracize you if we see you as a cheat. Mm. Rather than actually, okay, you made a bad mistake, terrible mistake. Yeah. And some sort of forgiveness kicking in. Like, he is never going to get over this. Yeah. He may say he's moved on, but in the locker room, clearly nobody has. Yeah, I mean, I've no doubt in the locker room there might still be a coolness towards him. I was just a bit taken aback at the random public shaming. Out of nowhere. And didn't Castagno win that tournament? I don't know. In China. I don't, I don't, I'm sure like, he won that tournament. I don't even know exactly what the incident Simon Dyson uh, was involved in was. Like, I, I don't remember seeing it. Much like Patrick Reed, there was the incident, and then there was a general, ah, yeah. That doesn't shock me. That doesn't shock me. Attitude of everybody on the tour, mm. and he had this coming to him. He's an Irish Open champion, Simon Dyson. Mm. He was there in Killarney when he won. And seemed like a terribly nice fella. Now, I just interviewed him after he had won, so he was in his best form, I'm sure. Well, it was. That was an interesting time in his career because it looked as though he was on the verge of stepping up to another level. He, he spoke very well, I think, about... Was it Nick Doherty he was good friends with? Had, had a very good couple of years and won a million quid, and he was like, bloody hell, we were just out here having a laugh on tour, and suddenly he wins a million quid. Yeah. And I realise I've been left behind. Yeah. i got to cop the hell on. And then, well, it never really... Did kick yeah. on from the Irish Open, unfortunately. He'd be a very interesting guest, wouldn't he, Simon mm. Dyson, to see how he feels about the whole thing. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I Look, I mean, obviously cheating in golf, at professional golf in particular, is a horrendous thing to do and a stupid thing to do. But for Castano, Fernandez, Castano to take Valo, the... Fernandez, Castano. Whatever his bloody name is. For him to take the opportunity to publicly shame Simon Dyson six mm. years on, needlessly... I don't know. It's also worth it's also worth pointing out that the tour at the time found, although found Dyson of a serious breach of the rules, didn't find him guilty of premeditated cheating. So even though he was suspended for two months for tapping down the spike mark with his putter, yeah, um, yeah it made a point of saying it's like this isn't you know it's like he deliberately set out to do something, and they accepted that Dyson made a serious mistake, okay. but still suspended him for two months. Okay, they are your tweets. <laughs> Thank you.
Now, worth just mentioning, of course, Shane Lowry's excellent start out in Abu Dhabi. says uh, probably the best season I've ever done, and it showed today. That's what he said yesterday after his 62. Today, he started bogey-bogey and then recovered very nicely to shoot a two-under par 70. So, as things stand, he's one shot clear going into the uh, weekend, or the weekend as it is in Abu Dhabi. So, mm. uh, this is good. Look, Larry has had a few years where he hasn't been at his best from a man who won a WGC, which was a huge achievement. He's 75th in the world now. He's talked about playing under Captain Harrington as a massive aim, as you might imagine. Yeah, he spoke about the last couple of weeks where anyone who follows him on Instagram will see he's been over in the Middle East, he's been in Dubai, mm-hmm. said he's been sharing a house with Paul Dunn and they've been putting in the hard yards, they've been keeping the head down, a lot of good practice. And scoring-wise, he definitely got his reward yesterday. I had looked back and it was his first 62 since he won the Irish Open 10 years ago. So it was a sensational round. When you consider, he hit four fairways. Mm. He was the first golfer ever on the European Tour to shoot 10 under par, having hit four fairways. Four fairways, 17 greens. That's some yeah. serious recovery play. Mm. It's unbelievable. So when, he, when, I saw, when you start watching him this morning and he drops a couple of shots in the first three holes, it's not that surprising because yeah. you can't repeat that trick again. Yeah, and you thought it was catching yeah, up. A lot of the fairways he missed were barely off. You know, okay. he was just in the first cut. And, like, he did have an amazing recovery shot from, the, you know, that kind of desert scrabble mm. dirt, whatever it's called. It was literally a dump, um, it looked like. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, four fairways made, which, you know, if you were unkind, you could go, eh, is it that hard, of course? You've played there, haven't you? Yeah. Is it it's hard a long. Um you can be off, you don't have to make fair you can't go way offline but yeah the first cut is generally quite forgiving so okay. like I watched a good bit of it and um, even though as I said he was he wasn't quite on the fairway like he didn't give himself real difficulty getting onto the green okay. but more than that it was like his approach play was just phenomenal yeah well that continued today certainly he was in some fine approaches gave himself a birdie opportunity on 18 today missed that but just looked to be very comfortable uh, you know, um, like it's it's overdue with Larry. Like he needed to, he needed to. You wanted him to come out this year and say, mm. "I've I've had the best preseason. I've worked really hard, and I'm ready to go." And hopefully, he gets his rewards. Well, he had put up, which again, it's it's hard to believe it's ten years since he won the Irish Open, which I think he pointed out makes it this was his eleventh season on tour, yeah. and it does go back to expectations of if you spoke to him the week before he won the Irish Open, and you said in ten years' time you'll have won three. Tour, tour events, you'll have won a World Golf Championship, you'll have been in the top 20 of the world rankings, and you'll have made however many millions you've made. Would you take it? And you'd say, absolutely. Yeah. But because you won the Irish Open as an amateur, everything went up. And yeah. I guess his own expectations, and whether he's fulfilled them or not over the last few years, they've definitely been a bit of a struggle at times. But like you talk about the Ryder Cup, we're still 10 months away from qualification starting, but a win in an event like this mm. changes the next couple of years because suddenly you're into the Masters, yeah. you're into all the World Golf Championships. Life becomes a hell of a lot easier. It's true. And I wonder if Shane has just realised, um, I mean, he, maybe he plays his best stuff on the European Tour. Mm. Although he's living in Florida, so he's going no, to have to... back. Has he moved he's back? Given up on, well, he's lost his PGA Tour card. So yeah, okay. Now, again, I, maybe he gets a perfect scenario here if he was to win an event like this where you move back into the world's top 50, you can get the invites to the warm-up events you want around the Masters, and yeah. rather than the commitment of going to, and like, there this week, the Desert okay. Classic. I didn't realise he'd fully moved back, so, mm. okay. I mean, he's always struck you as someone who feels very at home on the European Tour, and he's a veteran there, and maybe he can play his best golf there and then dip into the bigger events, as you say, in the States. So 
We'll see how the next two days go for Larry, but that's a fantastic start to the season. If we're talking about the Twitter shaming of Simon Dyson, then poor old Matt Kuchar Oof. was rightly done over by former PGA Tour player Tom Gillis. Mm. If you haven't seen this story, I'm sure you have. Uh, Kuchar, who won, obviously, at the weekend in Hawaii, um, he was... Oh, he hadn't won at this stage. I mean, the tournament was ongoing and he had to defend himself over allegations that he paid his caddy just $3,000 after winning the Mayakoba Golf Classic in Mexico last November. So Kuchar won about $1.29 million for winning the Mayakoba Classic in Mexico. And Gillis tweeted, if Kuchar wins this weekend, let's hope he pays his man more than $3,000 like the last win. And in brackets, 45 million in career earnings. He could have changed the man's life. That man's life is a 40-year-old uh, Mr. Ortiz, El Tucan, or El Tucan, he's called. Um, Tucan. Tucan, yeah. So he's an eight handicapper, just a caddy that Kuchar used that weekend. Uh, Kuchar was approached on the range. So it's not a story. It is a story. <laughs> uh, it's not a story. He says it wasn't 10%, as in it wasn't 10% of the winnings. It wasn't $3,000. It's not a story. We had an agreement to start the week. He was excited to get work that week. He was definitely my lucky charm. Yada, 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 yeah. So um, the uh, Mr. Ortiz hasn't commented on how much he was paid by uh, Matt Kuchar. I don't think anyone expects Kuchar to pay a caddy who probably wasn't as technically proficient as his usual caddy, probably wasn't as helpful as his usual caddy, didn't have the travel expenses of his usual caddy, or you know the, the the exclusivity agreement. I don't I don't I don't think you expect him to give ten percent, do we, Fionn? No, absolutely not. Um, for exactly the reasons that you point out, um, Brandel Chambly made this point across a number of tweets over the weekend, and you know he's saying is just that like ten percent signed agreement is for all the miscuts, it's for all the travel, it's for all the work you put together on the range, it's the fact that you work together. Um, and so, you know, come that day when you generate a win, which is pretty rare in a golfer's career, is that you get like this big bonus prize. Um, however, <clears throat> it is worth now. You, you kind of have to take Kuchar at his word up to a point. Like he says, it wasn't three thousand dollars. So, you know, OK, maybe it was, but it was in the neighborhood of three thousand dollars. Let's say he paid him three thousand dollars but he won $1.3 million or $1.5 million at Mayakoba, whatever it was. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so here's the thing. Like, he, Kuchar says, we had an agreement. He was very excited to get to work that week, which absolutely we have no reason to disbelieve. And I'm sure for El Tucan to go, you know what, I'm just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to loop for four days. I'm going to pick up three grand. That's great. But surely to God, given that Kuchar was a late entry into the tournament in the first place, which meant that he didn't have his regular caddy with him. So the bonus of winning surely could have meant that out of, even just for good PR, I don't know, just give him 10 grand. You know, it's just like, makes it literally makes absolutely no difference to you, makes a whole heap of difference to him. And it, it's just kind of a nice thing to do. The, one of the things I don't necessarily buy is that, oh, it could have changed this guy's life. If you were to apply that to all rich golfers, then they should be going out handing money out to everybody, you know? Mm. So it's not even that that I have an issue with. It's, it's that if, and again, and I know we don't have Kuchar's full version of the story because, or it hasn't been fully verified, but if it is a low number, 
and Kuchar didn't kind of just go out of the, I don't know, even in the enthusiasm of a victory, go, here's an extra whatever. That just seems mealy-mouthed and, and mean-spirited, you know, like sticking to the agreement you made on the Tuesday or Wednesday when you picked him up to loop for you in the first place just seems a bit, you know, you don't expect to win. Kuchar hadn't won for whatever it was, seven years? Mm-hmm. There's no way he went into Mayakoba thinking, oh, I have a good chance of winning. My game's in good shape. And the thing is, is that if Kuchar, and he's obviously been accused of extreme stinginess, yeah. he's not the only one, you know? I mean, read the Tiger Woods book. Hmm. Um, and, and, you know, there's a million reasons why golfers, you know, why anybody with money, well, they always say rich guys never are rich because they never give their money away for free. But like, yeah, I don't know. If it is true, if the story is true and he paid him the basic of what they agreed at the beginning of the week, then I think it is mean-spirited. And uh, he's done himself. It's it's a bit of a kick in the ass. I will say this, though. I guarantee you not one other pro will think any less of Kuchar for it. Not one. Maybe not. I'm not sure on that. Uh, Look, it's never nice to be as Hatton Mashkut that you're part of this social media storm and we're only getting one side. But you look at that initial tweet, I think, from Tom Gillis and the responses, and there's a lot of former PGA Tour players liking it and saying, no surprise here. And much like maybe the Simon Dyson story or Patrick Reed, there was enough there to suggest, actually, this is the sort of conversation that happens under the radar. That, And, and maybe there's a bit of jealousy. A lot of these players wouldn't have had the success of Matt Kuchar and also don't get the Matt Kuchar comes across as the nicest guy in the world, mm. which I think before this week, most of us would have thought. And being called scroungy is never, I was just it's one say. of those accusations that nobody ever really wants no, to, you look, you look at Tiger Woods differently because one of the main reasons is the scrounginess, just the pure meanness of the man. Well, you can, it's funny, I always look at Pete Sampras now and I know he, doesn't, he never tipped anyone. Mm. It's something that actually sticks more than other things for whatever reason. Well, look at Phil Mickelson walking around with his fistful of $100 notes and everyone who meets him goes, what a great guy. On Kuchar and the nice guy reputation thing, it was funny in the WhatsApp group, you reminded me of the Andrew Coulthard Mm. situation, which I only half remembered, but from memory, it was like the day before the Open and Sky were out there and it was the practice round and he tried to grab a word with Cooch and... I think Cooch actually didn't even just respond. He just stared him down. He didn't say a word back to him and then just walked off. Is that right? No, it, 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 almost. So Cooch standing up on the top of a bank, yeah. hitting some practice shots down. Yeah. And Coulter's just going around chatting to everybody and anybody, sort of Martin Brundle on an F1 track, and goes over to Cooch and goes, oh, Cooch is here. Cooch, what are you working on? Stony silence. <laughs> yeah. And Cooch just hits the shot and lines himself up for another shot. Cooch, yeah. stony silence, and eventually Coulthard just walks off. It was shocking behaviour, really. Like, Andrew Coulthard mm. played in the Ryder Cup mm. in America. Coocher knows who he is. Like, there for the grace of God, but that could be you, Cooch, trying to make a living if your career didn't work out as well as it has. And all it needed was a very simple, sorry, not right now, chat to you later. Anything. Yeah, absolutely. Was, uh, absolutely. That, that actually has turned me against him. And, uh, you know, like, Mickelson talks about Cooch as one of the wittiest guys on tour, like a fellow who can really level you with a one But he's great at ping-pong. Yeah, but that he can level you with a one-liner. So, like this whole, oh golly gosh, Maddie, like that, that is the bit of a persona then mm. if behind the, that exterior he is one of the kind of big one-liner merchants on tour. I, the Coltar thing, yeah. the Coltar thing really damaged him. That's it, I'd completely forgotten about it. So, <laughs> I, I also don't fully go around, along with the way Brandel Chambly looks at this. And I get that it was a one-off 
experience and, and some people it seems have spoken to is it El Toco or El Loco? El Tocan. El, El Tocan. El Tucan. El Tucan. What a great nickname yeah. that everybody now yeah. just knows him as that around Mr. the golfing world. Ortiz. That it was about five grand he got and maybe actually didn't realise that he should have got 10%, or not should have got 10%, but that maybe there would have been an expectation that he would have got more than the agreed amount beforehand. But I would have thought that it's only the top 100 golfers that have a permanent full-time caddy travelling the world with them. Do an awful lot of caddies not turn up and rock up at European Tour events, certainly European Tour events, whatever PGA Tour events, and pick up a local caddy for the week? And surely there's an understanding there that you're giving them more than the three, four grand. What's an an appropriate amount, I wonder then? Um, Like, so say, like, you know, I know, like, so say, with wealthy people, we all... I think they should be more generous. But so, one, let's say Kucher's paying tax. I don't know where he lives. He may be one of the Florida. Oh, I know where he lives. No, he lives in Sea Island, Georgia. So I presume they pay some tax. So, yeah. you know, okay. So that's, that's half is one million. Let's call it a million. So suddenly he's down to 500 grand. Oof. But like, I would say if you're Matt Kucher's family, extended family, and in his top 15 closest friends, you know, I would say he's given a lot of money away to people. I, yeah, you know. So, so you think instead of giving this guy a hundred grand, he yes. gets two of his mates fifty grand each? Precisely, precisely. I, I would think it crossed his mind. Or if I, you know, say, say you were Matt Kuchar, Nathan, and me and Fionn were your best buddies, and you were going to give some chump El Toucan a hundred grand, and say me and Fionn were thinking, mate, you know, we're your best buds. We could have paid off our, you could have paid off our mortgage. I would think that, rightly or wrongly, that is unfortunately the, the horrible existence for some very rich sports people who are out of sync with everybody in their world. So, you know, we're, we're judging Kucher, but who knows how he's spending his money? No, that, like that is 100%. We do not know. But at the same time, Alan. that can go against your point of maybe Kucher thought, geez, I've got away with one here. Don't have to give him the 130 grand, agreed five grand, back in my private jet to America, boom. Yeah. I look, so, look, something, what, like, what something like 50, 5 seems very appropriate. Jeez, I was thinking 15. No, I think 50 grand is... Yeah. 5 is a lot. No, I think should, that's what you'd, should, you'd want to be given. Yeah, would, you, would you think 15, if you might, there's no difference between 3, 5 and 15 if you've won 1.2 million. Okay, and it, again, I take everything you're saying on board. But like, here's the thing. It goes down to... Like, whether you're wealthy or not, surely you're paying a guy for the job he's doing. Mm. And in this instance, like, he won't know Kucher's yardages. He won't know what kind of, he won't know what Kucher's adrenaline shot is like. He yeah, won't yeah. know. So he's not doing any of those things. No, so he's, there's carrying, a, he's carrying a bag. He's carrying the bag. But he's carrying and, a bag. He, but Fionn, he had he a guy for the previous seven years who knew all those things and he didn't win. Yet something clicked in that week yeah, that he got sure, the 1.3 sure. million. Mm. Surely out there of just pure thing. gratitude, you just I, give them the money. Yeah. I, I don't know if this is an illustrative example of anything, but a couple of years ago, I was in Sea Island, which is where Gucci's home course is, and I played the course, and it's gorgeous, and it's one of the poshest, whitest parts of the Deep South. Like, it really is. It's like, you know, it's that kind of colonial southern United States America. It really is. Gorgeous course. And I played with three, sorry, me and an English guy played with two locals who invited us to join them in a four ball. And like two ordinary guys, like really just plain spoken, fairly, we had a pretty decent time of it. And at one point, me being Irish, I, I dropped an F-bomb. 
but like just in the in the course of just ordinary speech, I just said, ah, oh, he's effing this or I don't know something. But I wasn't. It wasn't given out. It was just one of those things. And they stopped. It was on the tea box, and they stopped and they went, yeah, y'all, y'all gotta know, we don't like that kind of language around here. Oh. And I was just like, are you kidding Smackdown. me? Jeez. It really was. But what it was was that, and then, but it kind of, and I'm, I'm not suggesting for a second that, like, it's, I don't mean, I don't care one way or the other, but like, it just struck me as that, like, they felt so strongly about this that they would correct a grown man mm. that they'd never met before, rather than just let it slide and just move on. And it colored my whole impression of the place as been this very uptight, conservative, super right-wing um, environment. Now, again, I don't know what this illustrates. Kucher is playing out of that course. He might be the complete antithesis to all of these things. But you know that you were saying, Joe, about oh, all that golly gosh, oh, well, you know, to every time since then that I've heard Kucher speak, he speaks like someone that would get the approval of those two guys that I played with, yeah. if that makes any sense. I wonder what the two guys make of the caddy situation. I would say they think, damn right. It's damn right, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because if there's one yeah. thing God-fearing Republicans are, it's massive hypocrites. <laughs> and what, they, what they're afraid of the most is Mexicans. Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> We don't uh, want him getting too much money coming over here, and you yeah. Know. Well, look, I guess it's it's storming a teacup stuff, and ah, yeah. with the world to move on. But can can yeah. we say that his win was impressive this weekend? Yeah, because I mean, he came out in this. Do you know? I thought actually, I texted you guys, and I said he's bottling it here on the Sunday. I almost thought it was not just bottling it, but self sabotage. I thought he was so embarrassed by the caddy story that he almost consciously or unconsciously did not want to win that tournament and be stood there with another million dollar check and have to face more questions. I thought this guy is so horrified by the spectacle that this week has become for him that he wants to just drift away into a top five finish and sneak out of the golf course and go home. Uh, whereas clearly he wasn't embarrassed at all by the spectacle. No, he, was he wasn't. Couldn't and, care less. Uh, he recovered very well to win. You know, that it's, I, I think the most impressive wins that we ever see in the golf course lads are the ones where uh, the leader goes out and doesn't start well and manages to turn it around because that almost never happens. Mm. We've seen. We've well, him seen. and Andrew, yeah, him and Andrew Putnam level par or level with five to play, um, and then Putnam puts a nine iron into the bunker left of the green on fourteen, and Cooch goes with two twelve foot birdies, and that was it. Yeah. That was it. Game over. Yeah. Uh, but Jordan, it, I, yeah, Jordan speeded him the way Jordan, Jordan speeded, speeded, speeded him. He really yeah. did. Yeah. And, and you're dead right. That's exactly it. And, and it was impressive, as you said, because it looked like the momentum was going against him because Putnam was playing particularly well, given that he started, what, four back? And um, now, in fairness, Putnam was kicking himself afterwards because, you know, to, that's, that's Rory McIlroy stuff, putting a night heart into the bunker. <laughs> Um, poor and poor uh, Rory. Oh, is that Rory. Is that what Rory McIlroy stuff is now? God. Yeah, but I, I, I'm, 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 I I'm being facetious. But like, no. But in fairness, in fairness, to nail two, tw two twelve foot birdie putts in a row—that's amazing. Mm. And uh, you know what? Even aside from this entire incident, one of those things about Kuchar is his, his persona on the course. If his persona of off the course or what he's actually like as a human being. It's a kind of an attractive one. You know, he's a pretty laid back, easygoing guy. And, and so, you know, to, and it's a nice story that he didn't win for seven years and wins two out of three. Yeah. So, you know, 
That's all a lie, nice. Fionn. No, I know that. But it's a lie I'm choosing to believe of a, when, of a Thursday at three o'clock. The next time you curse, I'm going to say that we don't take kindly to that. We don't take kindly. It really was. That's and so, you know what the thing is? That is so rude on their behalf. I'm a man in my mid-40s at the time. Yeah. And I was really embarrassed. I felt like <laughs> oh, I, felt no, I was being upbraided by, by an adult in school. You, you should have told them. Well, no, there was, themselves. That's exactly it. My, my first thought was like, what? And then my second thought was like, whichever fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, yeah. you say that. They deserved it. Like, who the hell do you think you're like, come on. Yeah, I agree. Sorry, thank they, you, thank you, Joe. They, I didn't want to be the guy that gets no, all their, irate. Their behavior was that behavior yeah, it was very really, poor. Yeah. But what it is is it's behavior of the super privileged. Mm. That's what it was. It's people who believe that they have that their way of seeing the world is superior to everybody else's, and they have no problems telling you, no, 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 you need to alter that because we don't do things that way. And like they were nice guys, but like they certainly made like. It, yeah, it was, I, I don't want to say it was like very white, very Southern, very privileged. And uh, needless to say, the only black faces I saw, and given this is Georgia, which has a massive black population, were uh, working, very much working in the clubhouse. Not playing, yeah. none, like nothing, you know. It was very much, there was a, a very strong delineation between, you know, who plays or and who doesn't. of hierarchy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Um, right, before we go then. Competition time, Joe. I was just coming on to competition time, Nathan. As always, I'm very well prepared for this competition. Are you making so up the think, are you think making, on the spot, Joe? Are you think making on the up, spot? Are you making up the question now? You or think or on you, the spot there. You've done it five seconds. Our ago. good friends at Powerscourt Golf Club. Okay. Two courses, mm. east and west. Yeah. Played there many times. Love it. Yeah. Nice spot. They've given us a four ball for one lucky listener. Oh, very nice. For them and three of their mates. Very nice. Or family members, Nathan. Our family members, or yeah. whoever they want. Three fellow players. Two guys course. from the deep south who will make sure you don't curse. No cursing at our Power Score Golf Club. They're <laughs> no, very, yeah. like very, very strict upon that, which I, uh, I think is uh, fair enough. So how we do this competition, Joe? I've literally just sprung it upon you. Ah, uh, for God's sake! <laughs> well, just, just write. So tweet at Golf Weekly OTB and at Powers Court Golf. So both handles have to both be handles handled. and tell us. The name, the nickname of Matt Kuchar's caddy who only got the five grand. El Toucan. Exactly. And your name. And we pick a winner next week. E-L-T-U-C-A-N. Okay. So Which, at Golf Weekly OTB and at Paris Court Golf. Yes. And you get a four ball. Yes. PowersCourtGolfClub.com if you want to check out the website. Okay. So basically the mechanic of the competition is listening. I would think so. Yes. In fact, I'm even going to accept answers that don't have L2 count. No, 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 at no, 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 no. I'm very um, strict when it comes to actually picking the winner. Right. Okay. I make sure it's somebody it's a, I know. It's a great nickname, though, isn't it? El Toucan. Yeah. What does that mean in Mexican? Is the Toucan the Guinness well, bird? Yeah, the, yeah, the Guinness bird, the ah, Toucan, with, okay. the, with the colored beak, you know? Mm. Fionn brings just the adult to the Golf Weekly. Except when well, he's around other adults. when I'm around other adults and I'm cursing. No, that's true, yeah. yeah. No, you let us down uh, there. Uh, yeah, okay, so I got to keep moving because we'll be kicked out of here very shortly. So uh, we saw Rory McIlroy is working with Brad Faxon. Yes. Didn't even look at the hole. <laughs> he, he's, he, as uh, um, uh, Johnny McCann, who works with us here and is a bit of a golf nut, Johnny puts up a lot of golfing videos on Instagram. Yeah. And basically Rory McIlroy started copying him. Okay. Johnny only puts up the good stuff right. you know, when he's holding his putts. Yeah. So Rory put up a little Instagram video of himself and Brad Faxon of 
Rory rolling in, what, 10, 15 footers? I'll give him 12 to 13. Didn't even look at the hole. Yeah. Well, the good news is he's back working with Brad Faxon. Yeah. He's entered Tory Pines next week, which I think was probably expected. Mm -hmm. But maybe there was something in that day he goes, yes, get me back out there as quickly as possible. The bad news is that the, the, the way he reacts to every putt suggests uh, it's not breaking the way he thinks it's going mm. to break. So it's all very well. Uh, not look, listen, it's great he's working with Brad Faxon. It's great he's trying to sort this thing out. But that was just my first thought that, well, okay, you knew it was going that much left to right. What are you going to do out there in, uh, at Torrey Pines when mm. you're not sure which way it's breaking? So, you know, look, we reserve judgment, but I guess it's good he's working with Brad Faxon. Can I, I add, like, this is a ridiculous suggestion. I was just about to say, do we have to talk more about Rory? I was, this is an absolutely ridiculous suggestion. And Brad Faxon has an awful lot of money and he doesn't need to do this. Caddy for him. Why not get Brad Faxon to caddy for you? Agreed. And say... Do you know what? I'm going to give you 50% if we win this bloody tournament because I want that green jacket and all the commercial money that's going to come with it. I'll pocket that. But I want to win this and I want you in my bag. I, for the record, it, I believe Rory McIlroy should find the best green reader out there. And yeah, absolutely. That is who should be his caddy. It will, it, even if he wants to use Brad Faxon for Tory Pines, uh -huh. it would make Harry Diamond's job impossible. Oh, no, absolutely. No, here, absolutely. There will be no way back after that and I don't think there's any possibility of Brad Faxon but I agree Rory McElroy. but it does raise the question if he was to win at Tory Pines next week and maybe Brad Faxon doesn't want to do it why aren't you why aren't you with Brad Faxon every week of the year practicing not practicing cutting. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, it's because yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tiger Woods then is going to make a season's debut at next week's Farmers Insurance cool. Open as well uh, so last year there was a win there were two runners up there were seven top tens and just 18 starts he said he's going to play fewer tournaments 2019. So he's going to start at Torrey Pines and then he's going to follow it up with the Genesis Open on the 14th of February. Have you seen the lineup? So next week is going to be bloody good. Give it to us. Yes, it is. Tiger Woods. Yeah. Rory McIlroy. Okay. Jordan Spieth. Okay. Justin Rose. Yeah. Ricky Fowler. Yeah. Jason Day, the defending champion. Snooze. That's what we're looking forward to. Good though. What? Yeah. You're being harsh on Jason Day. Is Jason Day not incredibly boring to watch play golf, no? Do you know what I want? I, I want Jason Day to have a certain longevity in his career that when Dash gets to sort of that awkward 14, 15 <laughs> age group that his father's still forcing him to stand on the side of the green on the 18th when he wins a tournament and he's like dragging him out to hug him and he's the most uncomfortable teenager in the world. Well remembered. I mean, I knew his kid had a weird name, but Dash... That's good. Dash Day. Dash Day. In fairness, that's won me back over to the day camp. Justin Rose is uh, obviously still the, or he's back as the world number one. He's making his seasonal debut this week at the Desert Classic, which is unbelievably bloody confusing for starters. Whatever about a PGA Tour, European Tour rivalry. Like next week, I think we have the Dubai Desert Classic, and now the PGA Tour have literally an event called the Desert Classic. People might remember this as well as the Humana. The Bert. Bob Hope Classic. Yeah. It's a pro-am. It's the bad pro-am. So Pebble Beach is in about a month, yeah. which is a... The good I, I don't like any pro-am watching it on television, but this is crap. It's three different courses. <coughs> it's not a very yeah, memorable brutal. event. But brutal. Justin Rose is back. We, we never really touched on it that he has decided to move away from TaylorMade oh, yeah. to Omna. this new brand. And Adidas. Omna. He's going to have more fun with his clothes. <laughs> now, Hanma, Where did you find I that out? With uh, Justin Rose said it. <laughs> on his Instagram these clubs are like handmade they're amazing they're meant to they're be amazing. the most expensive clubs in the world yeah but you're the That's world right. number one I know, and I know. you're switching away from the most recognisable brand there is it's a fair question money 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 I get that, I get that. but doesn't he have enough it just feels as though Justin Rose's career was ticking along very nicely for the next five years yeah 
you don't want to have something that potentially in six months we're going, wow, that was the worst decision he it, ever made. It is a strange time to change everything mm. when you're at world number one. Very strange time. Um, just before we go, I think it is worth mentioning, and we'll do something on this at some stage, but it is a seismic change. The Golfing Union of Ireland and the Irish Ladies Golf Union. So the GUI was founded in 1891, writes Philip Reid here in the Irish Times, making it the oldest national golfing union in the world. And the ILGU was founded two years later in 1893. So uh, basically, they're going to merge into Golf Ireland. Uh, although Philip Reid says it won't be a merger, it's a brand new body. Um, further context, they are the last two remaining national bodies in the world to govern by gender. So South Africa recently brought their two bodies together. Wales did it in 07, England 2012, Scotland 2015. So um, it seems talks have been ongoing for a while, for about three, four years now. So Golf Ireland is what we're going to be talking about. It makes sense. Great. Good. Good. Absolutely. Gentlemen, um, sorry, yes, very before, finally, before Fionn, very go, finally, yeah. I forgot to mention is, is that Justin Rose, who obviously is the great promoter of his uh, sponsored products, but he's been overtaken in this by one Matt Kuchar. I just forgot to mention this earlier on. I have a little quote for you from, uh, so when he was being interviewed after um, the winning the Sony, he goes, the moderator goes, Matt, you also mentioned with winning Sony, you were presented Abo, one of their robotic dogs, which is, you know, made by Sony. Talk a little bit about that. I think your boys on the front row are pretty excited. To which Matt Kuchar responds, <laughs> he goes, man, Am I the perfect customer for Ibo? I think it's going to be a great addition to the family. We're going to have some fun with Ibo. We really need a piece of artificial intelligence and robotics combined. I know we talk about getting a real dog, but Ibo is going to have to be our little real dog for the time being. Wow, so hand clap. that's good. No, it's good. It's good. I, I think it's worth pointing out that even Matt Kuchar uh, falls into the halfpenny place in uh, comparison to your good self, Fionn. Let's just zoom in on Fionn there on this live recording. Oh, yes. What's that there? Yeah. The Lake District. I have a sudden urge to visit the Lake District. Oh, do you know, this is because this is the first time where I'm, I've actually, I've taken an hour off my other job, uh, my lunch hour to do it. So I'm in the conference room of Cumbria Tourism. So yes, behind me, you have a poster. Visit the Lake District. And if you are going to Holiday World <laughs> next week in Dublin, which takes place from Friday to Sunday, oh come God. visit us at Stand U8. What, what, what stand number was that? U8. U8. The best thing, actually, about... Um, I've just realised that the caption under your name is quite brilliant. So, no, 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 like, yeah, you can't... The, the off-the-ball caption that they've... Oh, they've I'm got, sorry. Yeah, so it's, we have OTB HQ, split-screen me and Nathan in there. Hello. And then it has yeah. Fionn Davenport, and your title is Fionderland. No. Isn't that adorable? Who came up with this? I don't know. JP, I think. JP. Wow. Fionderland. <sighs> Glorious. <laughs> what an ending. Ah, uh, dear. Right then. I could at least put my Twitter handle. No, Fionderland it is. You should call your Twitter handle. Fionderland. <laughs> You'd get way more followers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, okay, gents. So uh, enjoy the golf this weekend. We'll see how Justin Rose goes with his new clubs. And we'll see how Shane Larry goes. Maybe more importantly, hopefully we'll be speaking to him after a winning start to the season next week. Fion, thank you. Thanks, lads. Nathan, thank you as ever. Good job. All right, good luck, everyone. Oh.